How's this? Okay. I didn't know I was so doggone technically advanced. Did I set my bulletin down? I set my bulletin down. Now I don't know where I am. I thought I... Should we start over? <laughs> what? Man, I've lost control already. All right. Everybody calm down. <laughs> All right, we left off with, and also with you. Okay. You are the treasured people of the Lord. Keep the words of the Lord in your heart. Teach them your, to your children. One does not live by bread alone. By every word that comes from the Salvation belongs to our God and to Christ the Lamb forever and ever. Great and wonderful are your deeds, O God of the universe. Just and true are your ways, O ruler of all nations. Who can fail to honor you, Lord? sing the glory of your name. Salvation belongs to our God and to The Lord be with you. We pray together. Lord God, you call us to work in your vineyard and leave no one standing idle. Set us to our task in the work of your kingdom and help us to order our lives by your wisdom. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated for the readings. First reading is from the 11th chapter of Numbers. The rebel within them began to crave another food. And again, the Israelites started wailing and said, If only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Also the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. Now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. Moses heard the people of every family wailing at the entrance to their tents. The Lord became excitingly angry, and Moses was troubled. He asked the Lord, Why have you brought this trouble on my servant? What 
have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant? To the land you promised an oath to their ancestors. Where can I get meat for all these people? They keep wailing to me. Give us meat to eat. I cannot carry all these people myself. And the burden is too heavy for me. If this is how you are going to treat me, please go ahead and kill me. If I have found favor in your eyes and do not let me, uh, and do not let me face my own ruin. Lord said to Moses, Bring me seventy of Israel's elders who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people. Have them come to the tent of meeting that they may stand there with you. So Moses went out and told the people what the Lord had said. He brought together seventy of the elders and had them stand around the tent. Then the Lord came down the cloud and spoke with him. And he took some of the power of the Spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. When the Spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but did not, uh, did not do so again. However, two men whose names were Eldad and Medad had remained in the camp. They were listed among the elders, but did not go to the tent. Yet the spirit also rested on them, and they prophesied in the camp. The young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' aide since youth, spoke up and said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. But Moses replied, Are you jealous of my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people would were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. This is the word of the Lord. These all look to you to give them their food into season. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed when you take away their breath they die and return to their dust when you send forth your spirit they are created and you renew the face 
of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. On the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have been. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth, and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul, praise the Lord. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The second reading is from the fifth chapter of James. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will rise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. The Lord of the righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crop. My brothers, sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the air of their way will save them from death and cover over the multitude of sins. This is the word of the Lord. Gospel.
The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Teacher, said John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we told him to stop because he was not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said, for no one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me. For whoever is not against us is for us. Truly I tell you, anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name because you belong to the Messiah will certainly not lose their reward. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them if a large millstone were hung around their necks and they were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands to go to hell, where there's the fire never goes out. If your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life uh, crippled than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell, where the worms will eat them, uh, the, where the worms that eat them do not die. The fire is not quenched. Everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? Have salt among yourselves and be at peace with, you, with each other. This is the gospel of the Lord. We continue with hymn 763. God's grace, His mercy, and His peace be multiplied to you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. A lot of frustration in the readings today. A lot of frustration. People who uh, were tired of eating bread that, uh, well, you know, they got tired of God's cooking. He would send manna down to them with which they could do many different things with, I suppose, bake bread and do other things, but then... Uh, they, you know, uh, started thinking about gumbo and uh, jambalaya and all of that stuff that they weren't getting. And so they complained. And uh, um, that's a natural thing, I suppose, to do. Um, 
I don't know, it, it, it's kind of like when the children of Israel went out into the wilderness, there weren't stores, there weren't gas stations, uh, there were long lines for everything. Kind of like after a hurricane. No electricity, well, they didn't miss that because they didn't have it, but... But they started saying some silly things. They forgot that they had pleaded to God to take them out of Egypt. And then when God found, found Moses and told Moses to go, first of all, Moses didn't want that responsibility, but God said, tough, it's your responsibility. I chose you and I don't care whether you feel it's your responsibility or not. It is, I have assigned this to you and you're going to do that. Have you ever felt that way? Why me? Why is it my responsibility? Well, sometimes it just is, isn't it? And to this, I offer my blessings to people who have been in church offices for years and 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 years. Sometimes it's not what you want. It's what happens if you don't. But, of course, as a pastor, I'm always, you know, come to me, I'm always free to tell you, hey, if you don't want it, sometimes you just have to say no for somebody else to pick it up. Is there somebody else around? Uh, <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. There, there are people's choices, and then there's a reality beyond that, isn't there? But sometimes we just lose ourselves, lose our heads, lose our brains, right? Because they, and I don't know if they were socialistic or something like that, or communistic in some ways, because uh, they said, oh, we used to get all this stuff for free. Meat and all that stuff, we got it for free. Hello? You were slaves. What made you think, I mean, you paid your whole life for this stuff. And I bet you dollars to donuts it wasn't particularly good quality stuff either. What made you go so low that now you're criticizing God who's giving you first class manna, which by the way, no one has ever eaten before. <clears throat> it was brand new. Nobody had ever seen it. And then he gave them quail to eat. Now, I guess it's a fair question. Why couldn't God, if he's going to let manna come down there and all that stuff, and, and he's going to let quail come into the camp, why not let a cow wander in there every now and then, or a goat, or something like that? And maybe, maybe there, because this is a wilderness. You, there, there were wild beings out there. I'm sure that, once again, this is... You know, blowing something out of proportion. It's all we got is this manna. No, you got other things. You've got, you've got herbs in the even in the desert, right? There's sage. There's things that grow in the desert that people could could eat. I mean, animals live out there. You could you could have at some animals. However, the thing of it, this is is that th this almost is beside the point. Because when people get frustrated, then all of a sudden, simple things just get blown out of proportion. You know, everything else is okay. It's just that, no, it's 
man, we're tired of traveling, we're tired of all of this stuff. Sure, we understand at some level that God is taking care of us, but we just don't like the way God's taking care of us. Aha! Hot button issue, right? You like the way God's taking care of you? Boy, just let that one simmer for a little bit. Because sometimes, if we're honest, we don't. And we can attribute it almost to everything. Because we know that, that uh, um, I don't know, it's just kind of a, one of those, it's sort of one of those real balancing acts, isn't it? Why are we not happy? Because God should, if, if I were God, I would give Christians more than the non-Christians or something like that. Or if Christians would pray or something like you know, then there would be some you know, little note that would come or, or something like that that would say, I heard you, you know. But there's no, we, when we don't get that, we get frustrated. I know when, when we roll up on, uh, as a police chaplain, riding with police and that sort of thing, we roll up on a lot of scenes. And what gets people the most frustrated is lack of information. Information. And the people who, people who, uh, who ask police and the chaplain oftentimes don't get information. And I'll tell you, even if I know some stuff, it's not my place to tell people. It's not. There's somebody else in the chain of command who, whose job it is to get all the information, get it straight, and then tell the people. Because far be it for anybody else to say, oh, just let them know so they calm down. What if you let them know the wrong thing? Now, you're in real trouble. But, sometimes... We just don't like waiting. Moses didn't want to do it anyway, remember? Hello, God, I didn't want this responsibility. You sent me out there. So now they're yelling at me, and i got to tell you, I'm not too motivated. Kill me now, he says. If I have found favor in your eyes, you will do me a favor by just killing me. Later on, what happened? Moses' job was to bring them into the land of milk flowing through with milk and honey. Did Moses make it? No, he didn't. As Moses is in heaven, did Moses actually care? You know, it's kind of like, oh, we were so close, God. I didn't want to do this job, but now since we're so close... Why didn't you let me cross the finish line? Slide in the home plate. Why didn't you let me score the, the winning touchdown? Because God knows it was way too much for Moses. And really, thinking about it, that's what the church is all about. The church is here. And some people carry more load than other people. I remember way back when, when it really sort of kind of, I don't know, you know, when I'm a young, you know, when you're a young pastor, well, you don't know when you're a young pastor, but, but when you were younger, you had, you know, wow, well, if we could just, you know, look at these statistics here, right? 80% of the people do 
do, no, 20% of the people do 80% of the work, and 80% of the people do 20% of the work. And we just get those, you know, and so church programs came into fruition about assimilation and this and that and the other thing, all so that we could get that 80% to buck up and do more so that the 20% aren't so haggard. And I'm telling you, I mean, I've been at some churches where uh, it was kind of like, okay, you know, so you're the president, uh, we're not happy, and we're going to yell at you for about a whole hour. And I was thinking, this person's a volunteer. Why are they yell Why can't we, why is it this adversarial thing? Because somebody's not happy. Why are marriages adversarial? Because somebody somewhere isn't happy. And I guess the question deserves to be asked. Why aren't you happy? What makes you so riled up? And number one, can you do anything about it? Number two, are you riled up about things, a whole bunch of things that you just, you just want to, I just feel like being riled. I just want to be riled. I like being riled. Gives me something to do. Well, how about, how about, and this is what God has given us, and, and I'll tell you, it's, God knows, we, we just have to go with this, because God knows far better than we do. God knows us far better than ourselves. That's why I tell people, don't waste your time winning the lottery, or trying to win the lottery. You know why? Because God knows the minute you win the lottery, you're going to forget all about them. Right? Never mind the fact that you can get on the YouTube or whatever and see how so many people win so many millions of dollars and then they spend so much more and they end up broke. God knows this stuff. Have you ever, uh, have you ever uh, heard that uh, this million billionaire, is, uh, he's got so many kids, uh, he's going to give them, you know, enough to, to maybe... Uh, get by, but they'll have to work, and uh, he's going to give the rest to, to charity? How dare him do that, right? But what if the government gave you a million dollars a year? What would you do? How would that change your life? Don't we want a million dollars a year from the government? Yeah, help the church, okay. But would you go to work? What would your life end up being? You see, there's human nature. And, uh, and we have, our human nature is such to where, I don't know, I mean, for me, um, I, I know, um, and, and I'm, I'm old enough, I'm, I'm not, okay, I'm, I know what you guys are thinking. Oh, you're a young whippersnapper. Never mind that. I'm 60 plus, okay? And at 60 plus, I think things like, just like everybody else, it's kind of like, well, why can't things be simple? And believe me, this is in the context of, oh, we got a new app out. It's going to make your life simpler. We got a new smartphone. We got a new stuff. You, you got a house. All you have to do is say, Nondescript person, turn out the lights, lock the doors, 
Turn the TV on. Don't like that channel. How about another channel? But in order to do that, you have to hand your life away. You have to, in order to get what you want, you have to give someone else the essence of who you are. And you know what happens? Sure you do. Have you not gotten that email or that letter or whatever saying, we're sorry to inform you that a third person party has gotten into the database and may or may not have your social security number, your address, driver's license number, everything, because we just could not, sorry, we're busy doing other things trying to make your life easier. We couldn't bother to keep it safe. And then you find your, yourself, well, life is, I don't know. I, we did one time, uh, and it wasn't even, I think it was a bank, a bank forgot to, to, uh, to mark down that we had transferred funds or something like that, and then we had non-sufficient funds in our checking account to which we had all kinds of bills tied to, and these bills kept coming in, and the checking account kept paying money we didn't have, and the bank kept saying, oh, that's another fee, oh, another fee, oh, that's another fee. And you get a fee from the bank, and you get a fee from the person who got the return check, and a fee in this, and a fee in that, and then somebody says, prove it! Prove you didn't make these expenditures. Well, we can, we can mess ourselves up really good just to make things easy. And we're in the midst of that right now. I mean, a lot of life's frustrations is under the guise of making things easier on ourselves. And again, I ask, why can't things be a lot more simple? Why do we have to know everything? And I know that's wrought with danger too, right? Because nowadays, if you don't know everything, somebody can put one over on you and then somebody will say, well, didn't you know that? You see, being frustrated is a very real thing. Being angry, being upset, it's a very real thing. And what is God's answer to that? Well, I have to say that his answer is, look, I've given you the Spirit. I've given you the Holy Spirit. And in Moses' case, Moses was so frustrated, God said, I need to give him some help. Seventy elders. And even, even way back in those days, do you think those guys had anything else to do? I don't know, those elders, there's two of them, didn't make the meeting. Well, you know, I had a, I, I, my battery wasn't charged or something. And my reminder didn't come up. Couldn't make the meeting. Or maybe they were kind of mad at Moses and didn't want to make the meeting. But Moses said, you know, these guys are elders among the people. We don't know the backstory. But Moses said, these are the people that I've chosen to lead under me. And God said, so be it. They're going to get part of the Spirit. And those knuckleheads who didn't go to the meeting for whatever reason started prophesying too. 
And of course, some young man ran, ran to the uh, head and said, Moses, Moses, these guys are prophesying. We got to kill them or stop them or do something. Put them in jail. I don't know what. what do you, which kind of makes you wonder what kind of an atmosphere that was where people were telling on people and, and all of that stuff when they prophesied. And Moses uttered something that, that is profound. I wish everybody could be prophets. I wish God's Spirit would be on everyone. Wow. Now, God's Spirit can't be on everyone, but God's Spirit is on those people who call Jesus Lord. Have you considered yourself to be a prophet? Indeed, when you, when you say something, you profess, right? So I'm going to get technical with the language here. When you profess that you are a Christian, you prophesy, you profess, you teach, you make known. Prophecy is not only just saying, you know, the saints are going to go to the, you know, the big show, the big game. Oh, come on. Come on. You're, you're nuts. And then when they do, I say, uh-huh, I knew it. See, that's, you know, that, I, can that happen? Yes. I mean, there are individuals who say, you know, I thought this, and then I called them and realized that, that this, God was in this. I get it. But more importantly, there, there's knowing who you are and doing what God wants you to do. How serious is this? Well, did you read the gospel lesson? Gulp. Is God, is God saying that we should maim ourselves? No. But... If maiming yourself keeps you out of hell, then it's worth a, it's consideration. It's worth a consideration, huh? In other words, cut off from your life what it is that may lead you into hell. And this, once again, is something that we have to put some trust in God somewhere, just like you have to put your trust in in a politician who you don't trust or somebody who comes to your house and says they did something that maybe they didn't do or somewhere you brought your vehicle where they said that you need to have this changed and maybe you don't. We have to put our trust all the time in people who are not trustworthy. Well, what does a Christian do? Be trustworthy. Be that one who does not take advantage of other people because you can. Be that one. And God knows who's trustworthy and who's not, and he calls upon us to be trustworthy because he is trustworthy. And then the other thing is that everything that you can think of in your brain, if you say that's everything to be thought of, if you kind of think highly of yourself, you need to, you need to slow that down. 
You need to check yourself because God is far more advanced than you and me. And if we put trust in God that says, if you do these things, like if you believe in Jesus, who's telling us to believe in Jesus? You know, our mamas and fathers and grandmas and grandpas. Well, we're smarter than that. We're more sophisticated now. We know everything, really. Wow. Do you know where you're going when you die? We ain't going anywhere when we die. Just six foot under. Oh, who told you that? Internet, podcast, I was listening to it. Makes total sense to me. And this person, you know, look at them. They're beautiful, you know, or good looking or whatever. And whenever they open their mouths, it makes sense to me. I'm going to follow that person. <laughs> well, good on you, you know. But the fact of the matter is that, there, that God does exist and God does change people's lives, and Christ did come and suffered and died on the cross. And when you read the Scripture, like today, it says some stuff that kind of makes people who don't believe in God say, You see? You see? I don't see Christians walking around with one hand or no feet. I don't see that. I mean, it happens because diabetes or something like that, but I don't see people do. What kind of worship rituals do you guys have? Is it the eye-plucking-out service? And then you come in and you eat the body of Christ and you drink his blood? What kind of people are you? Yep. That's the disconnect, isn't it? People of faith understand that God says a lot of things that when put into context makes total sense. In order to be free, we have to give ourselves up. We have to die in order to be free. What? Yeah. We die to self and we live to Christ. And what does Christ expect? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Well, what if I don't? Does he have this, this, this club that he's going to pop me over the head if I do? And a lot of people believe this. Oh, I did something wrong. Please forgive me, God, because I don't want you to hit me. Well, when, was, when did God hit you? And, and we can be that frustrated in God to where it's sort of like, you know, don't hit me, God, as if God abuses people and I can guarantee you there's people out there saying oh God just abuses you know if there is indeed a God he's very abusive I mean why didn't he stop hurricanes and why didn't he stop this and why didn't he stop that well because if you know the whole story if you've read Revelation you know that this world is filled with sin and smartphones and all kinds of things that are just getting worse and worse. And when I say worse and worse, I don't mean, you know, things are worse today than they were. But if you look at churches, less people in churches. If you look at faith and that sort of thing, Christianity, less popular. Why? Well, it's the trends because God isn't really, you know, whatever, and we're moving on. What are you moving on to? Well, yeah, there's this new belief, the da-da-da-da-da. 
no, that was, that was propagated some time ago, and it's just cyclical. You know what remains the same? God. God, his creation of the universe. God, his love for his people. God, his sending his only son because he knows that this world is the way it is. He knows. Do we need to know? No. That's what got Adam and Eve in trouble, right? They wanted to know. We're inquiring people. We want to know. And when they learned about sin, it swallowed them up. And look at us today. What's right and what's wrong? We get in Bible study. We can get into a, a discussion, if you want, about what's really right and what's really wrong. And boy, we could get, get mad at each other just over what we think is right and what we think is wrong. Because we don't know. It's that complicated. And we're that lost and sinful. Oh, come on, pastor. It's a different perspective. Okay. Granted. But what's God's perspective? You see, this is the most important thing. And God's perspective is this. That without Christ coming and suffering and dying on the cross for us, giving himself up for us, we are all doomed to hell. And what is hell? Well, you got, you got an idea of hell. But in hell, believe me, there are no unbelievers in hell. Everybody's a believer. Now imagine yourself being a believer and never having access to forgiveness, never having access to the love of God, never having access to everlasting life, but instead having everlasting death. And what is that like? The, the, the phraseology is burning, lots of worms, lots of worms, worms consuming, always consuming. But I think... I think one of, the, one of the, uh, uh, the, the most disconcerting things is, is that we'll never die. In hell, there's no death. So there's eternal life in hell, too. It's just you're on the wrong end of the stick. And why? Because God came and said, and somehow we decided to discard him. We decided that what we thought might be more important than what God thought. What does that mean? Well, it's the same sin of Adam and Eve all over again. Oh, we've got this great idea. And like the great idea, you throw a pebble in the pond and it radiates out in ways and it hits, the, the, it hits every bank on every side, the north, the south, the east, the west, and every point in between, and we have no idea of what our actions do. Again, in the Scripture, you have little ones who believe in God. Woe be it to that person who leads them astray. Woe be it to that individual. It would be better for them if a mill a millstone would be tied around their neck and they'd be thrown into the depths of the ocean. Did it say that they would go to hell? Not necessarily. Can a Christian lead a non can a Christian lead a Christian away from God? Wow, that's a that's a good question, isn't it? Can be, can a Christian be abusive? 
I don't know, just go talk to, to people who don't go to church anymore. Why don't you go to church? Well, I used to go to church. Moses said it. I wish that we were all prophets. I wish that we all had the priority that God comes first. God comes first. And we follow him. Why? Because you have to put your trust somewhere. We all do it. And God is the one who was first and always will be first. And God is never going to die. He invented gravity. He invented this and he invented that. He gave us everything that we have to make whatever it is that we made. And if we make stuff that we shouldn't be making, and boy, there's a lot of stuff on the internet that that is for sale, that should not be for sale. Why? Because never mind God, we want what we want, and we want it now, and we want it. And then we make it, and then we improve it, and we improve it some more, and just life goes, people's lives, we enable each other, we enable people to be distracted and, and announce that there is no God. Thank God that, that we know, and I want to encourage you to continue that because that is the simple way of life. And I'm not saying simple as in stupid. I'm saying simple as in wise, as in the truth is simple. Even though we don't have a grasp of it, God does. And God says simply, love yourself, it's okay. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Forgive one another. Because we all make mistakes. Please forgive one another. And Jesus forgives you and I forgive you. God does. And continue in that faith. Don't give up. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We continue with the hymn of response, hymn 755. We are all one in mission.
In Christ you have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. We believe in him and are marked with the seal of his promise. Living together in trust and hope, we confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate. Build yourselves up on your most holy faith. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Look for <laughs> If anyone is in Christ, there's a new creation. Everything old is past. Behold, everything has come. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Therefore, let us be reconciled to God and to one another. Gracious God, have mercy on us. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things done and left undone. Uphold us by your Spirit, so that we may live and serve you in the newness of life, to the honor and glory of your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord, grant us pardon, forgiveness, and remission of all our sins. Amen. Sisters and brothers, rejoice. Mend your ways. Encourage one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. The peace of the Lord be with you always. pray. God, our Creator, you open wide your hand and satisfy Let us pray for the whole people of uh, the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Heavenly Father, keep us from craving and weeping after what we no longer possess, but instead give us contentment in the daily bread you so graciously rained down upon us. Lord, in your mercy, cause your Holy Spirit to rest upon us and our pastors that they may prophesy your word publicly and faithfully among us, and we in turn may prophesy your word in our homes and vocations. Lord, in your mercy. 
O Lord, bless our elders and church council with the necessary gifts of your spirit that they may faithfully serve the congregation, support the pastor, and uphold the ministry of the word among us. Lord, in your mercy. Send forth your spirit, Father, over all couples who desire the gift of children, that they may be fruitful and bring up their children in your fear and knowledge. Lord, in your mercy. O oh Lord, uphold uh, our government and those who bear the sword in our land, that sin and wickedness may be kept at bay and that we may live peaceable lives in security. Lord, in your mercy. Save and raise up those who are suffering or sick among us. And we uh, reference those people who are in our bulletin, whose names are always before us and before you. And we add uh, Belinda Thibodeau, Audrey Vensky, and uh, Rhea Hilkin, who um, has breast cancer. Um, uh, we uh, and Belinda, who recovered from surgery, and Audrey, who uh, is in assisted living, uh, where there is a COVID uh, presence. Um, we ask that you would be with all of them, Lord, in your mercy. All these things and whatever else you know that we need, grant us, Father, for the sake of Him who died and rose again and now lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Uh, we can